the Holy Spirit to get your message into the hearts of the people. So I ask you, Holy Spirit, to penetrate our hearts and our minds that we might receive what you have for us this night. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. Amen. Amen. And we were able to witness that this year. It's been a really miraculous year uh, for many people, but... In witnessing the miraculous, it's always good to get an understanding from God as to exactly what is going on. In the city of Cleveland uh, this year, some young women who had been held captive and presumed dead for 10 years were found alive. Amen. They were found alive. And there was such rejoicing in the city. People came out in their cars. They honked horns in front of those homes. All of those things happen, and I was watching it, and the Lord spoke this scripture to me. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. So he began to speak to me about the prosperity of the righteous, what true prosperity is for his people. And so I began to get a better understanding of what God was doing in that and what he is planning to do and wants to do more of through righteous people who understand true prosperity. You know we've had prosperity teaching in the body of Christ for almost 50 years now. And we've missed the essence of the message. Because it is focused mostly on material. It's focused more on things that we can see. But we know that the things of God's kingdom are not seen. We, we live in an invisible kingdom that's filled with the essence of God. What, what is missing from humanity is the God quality that keeps us all in peace, that keeps us all in safety, that keeps us all in comfort, which has nothing to do with external things. It has nothing to do with your material world. It has nothing to do with your material environment. It has to do with the spiritual environment in which you are are bathed, in which you grow, in which you are nurtured. And so what God wants to do is bring his people to an understanding of what true Bible prosperity is because there are people waiting for us to exercise our dominion on the earth, to set captives free, to do the supernatural, to do the works of God, not so that we can boast in ourselves, but so that people who are crying out to God every day for 10 years. See, the Bible says all creation groans waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, waiting for us to get up and do What God in his righteous self has called us to do. And quit diddling around with wealth transfer and money things and things that perish. And really get down to where we're supposed to live in the essence of God. Understanding the the torment of humanity that is forced to live without God. And do something about it. It's the church's responsibility to fill that gap for people. It's the church's responsibility to bring deliverance to people, to bring hope and encouragement to people, to bring wholeness, to bring the peace, the shalom of God to all of humanity. 
And that's what creation's groaning for us to manifest, get up and quit being stupid about material things and get up and do what God has called us to do in righteousness, not in foolishness and not in covetousness. You got me? God's going to kill this covetous spirit off of his people that is killing us. You see ministers die of of drug overdoses. Nobody tells you that's what they die of, but it's probably that. Why? Because they are not living in righteousness the way God wants, but they're living in what they think the body of Christ is supposed to be living in. We're living in what we're told we're supposed to be living in, instead of living what God has called us to live in. We're called to live above sin, above darkness, above the powers of darkness and do something about them and pull them down and make them behave the word of God. We're not called to chase after what our brother has. We're not called to chase after things that perish. We are called to bring righteousness, peace, and joy, the kingdom of God into every situation that we touch and make a difference in humanity. See, those women who were held captive for 10 years, our, our bank account couldn't help them. You could have all the money in the world and you couldn't have got them free. You got me? Our more giving could not help them. There's something that, that uh, God's people miss on a continual basis that if we would lock into it and stay into it, Instead of coming out because everybody else tells you this is what you're supposed to pursue. Huh? If we would get into understanding the essence of God's heart and stay there. Instead of coming out curiosity. Wanting to see what everybody else is running after. Huh? Just stay in that place where God's called you to. Stay in that flow of his power stay in that place of prayer where you understand God's heart is longing to set captives free and here his people are wondering about when they're going to get their neighbor's goods I call it spiritual dope Because it makes you get drunk on those messages and you go looking for the manifestation of it, which it never comes. Huh? Everybody works for a paycheck, retires and dies almost in the same condition that they've always been in. There's only one Bill Gates. You got me? Everybody can't be that. Everybody's not called to be that. And so we have to understand as if, if God has put something in you and he's called you to do something for him, let's get about doing it and quit listening to these silly messages about getting wealthy, getting rich, getting power, uh, having a big this, a big that, uh, you know, uh, having a big ministry and people coming all to see you and filling up stadiums. To what end? Is that going to help the girl that's that's... In a dungeon being raped for 10 years. I don't care how much you blow up. That's not going to get her out of prison. But I tell you what will. Prayer will. Prayer will do it. And the people of God will open their mouths and utter his word and prophesy to these things. We'll see them come down. And we'll see them come down in a dramatic way. 
So on this story, it's taken from, we have a newsletter and you're going to get one of those. Shannon, you can start passing them out. I'll let you get the newsletter. But I'm just going to read the essence of the story from the newsletter because we rejoice because we pray for these people on a continual basis. And you'll see pictures of how we pray in here. And we're encouraging people to join us in prayer. So we've set up a Rejoice in the City um, uh, link to our website where you can sign up and you can come out and pray with us. You know, I know people have been scared of us for years. I don't care. Uh, you get over your fear and start praying and get wh- where God wants you to be. And you'll be able to participate in something that God thinks is important for a change. Instead of the stuff that we're always talking about that God thinks is important. There's a difference. And so just to read from this story, it says, Have you ever wondered about the miracles of deliverance that occur? They don't just happen. Through unrelenting prayer and steadfast faith, the phenomenal Jesus will hold these souls we pray for in life. In 1990, God gave us a mandate to pray for crimes against children. It was inspired by the Adam Walsh abduction and murder and the work of his father, John, on America's Most Wanted. We have a prayer for this in our master prayer manual. Above that, our Cleveland pastor, Reverend Shirley Kemp, felt impressed to make a poster with pictures of missing and exploited children, which were clipped from flyers and milk cartons. These are prayed for twice weekly at our meetings. Three girls abducted in Cleveland, Amanda Berry, Gina DeJesus, and Michelle Wright, were added to our prayers. Over the years, many said they were dead, but Jesus holds their souls in life. Just as he did with Lazarus and Jairus' daughter, the moment the first prayer was heard, Jesus received these souls and held them in his life. We continue to pray just as we continue to pray for every child on that poster. On May 6, 2013, those three missing now women were rescued alive from a home where they had been held for over 10 years. Saints don't ever give up. The mother of one of those girls in desperation consulted a psychic, Sylvia Brown, who told her her daughter was dead and that she would see her on the other side. This mother passed away a few years later. She was robbed of the joy of being reunited with her precious child. So never give up because we serve a phenomenal Jesus who holds our souls in life. So from the first time that you pray for something, Jesus picks them up and undertakes for them and holds them in his life. And he does it so that he can release them into life again But we never know how long it's going to take. We never know what kind of perseverance it's going to take. And that's what it takes as believers for us to realize that once we set our hand to the plow, that we have to continue to look forward and continue to believe God and be impressed in hope that this thing will happen and it will come to pass. If you don't believe it's going to happen, it won't happen. You've got to hold on to that for the sake of people that are on the other side of that line, you've got to hold on to that. Because they need to know that they can trust that when they cry out to God, something real is going to happen for them. Every time we pray, that person who is holding on to life is encouraged not to give up and to hold on another day so that they can get receive the benefit of that prayer. And so it takes a lot of determination. It takes a lot of 
of encouragement from God every day, talking to people, telling them to hold on. There are deliverances coming. And we never know how long it's going to take, but we know God will deliver. He will deliver. And so he wants to deliver more in a greater way. We had Pastor Shirley share her testimony of how she got involved in this praying for the lost and praying for missing and exploited children. And her letter is in the newsletter. And she says this, as intercessors, we never give up. We are appointed by God to do warfare in the spirit realm where evil powers exist. We hear within ourselves the heart of God and what his concerns are. We observe from our spiritual tower what prayer is needed for certain situations. God loves us and wants all men to live in the kingdom with abundant life. So we take a stand against evil princes and keep the vision God has given us written on our hearts until that appointed time according to Habakkuk 2.1. There have been too many abducted children according to pictures on milk cartons and the snapshots mailed to our homes that said, have you seen me? Finally, there was a 20-year-old abducted from the near west side of Cleveland. A year later, another. She was only 15. Then a few months later, another girl, only 14. The evil princes were testing our integrity to God. It greatly bothered us. I was shopping at Sam's Club when I noticed those same little snapshots of faces posted on the wall. I asked God, what... What do we do to get these kids home? And he told me to cut those faces out and make a poster and pray over it every time we met for prayer. So I did. We did warfare, bombarded heaven on these children's behalf and did not quit. True watchmen never quit because at the appointed time the vision will surely come to pass. Who would have thought ten years would go by? Then suddenly... God broke the jaw of the evil one, and Michelle, Amanda, and Gina were recovered. We serve a God that cannot fail us. Intercessors, take your assignment seriously and walk worthy of the call of God. To God be the glory. Reverend Shirley Camp, Ministry of the Watchman, Cleveland Pastor. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. It's a blessing to have her to be so determined to make sure that, that things of God get get first priority and full priority. So God has got us headed to something very powerful and something very good, folks, if we will pray. We endeavor as, as Ministry of the Watchmen to encourage people to pray. Unfortunately, people have gotten into the habit of thinking that people, that prayer is a service to them. It's too easy to pick up a prayer line and call somebody who can intercede for you instead of doing the labor yourself and learning and putting in the time yourself to pray yourself. The old saying, if you feed a man, if you feed a man, uh, uh, give a man a fish, he'll eat for one day. But if you teach him to fish, he'll eat for many days and feed others. And so that's what we endeavor to do as intercessors, is we teach you to fish. And it's very, very simple. It's not hard to pray. And it's not hard to learn how to declare the word of the Lord in situations. This word changes you. It changes how you think. It changes what you believe. It changes how you spend your time. It changes what you do with your life. This word changes you. And that's all we encourage people to do is get under this anointing and let the word change you 
so that you can have that determination, that steadfastness, so that you can stay with things and not run from one thing to another to another. There's nothing else to run to. Once you run to the Lord, you need to stay where he is, stay where he puts you, stay put, so that you can show some fruit to him. Fruit that remains. He wants us all to bear fruit. And the way that we do it is with a foundation of prayer. I don't care what other ministry you're called to. If prayer is not the foundation of what you're doing, everything else is going to be hollow. It's not going to last and it's not going to have much power to it. And so if you are praying and you're a faithful intercessor, stay with it because the reward is great in what we're going to do. So I thought I would bring this prophecy out of was given in 1961. How many of you know who evangelist Tommy Hicks was? He's passed on now. Very few people. <laughs> so I'm going to read uh, the what we used to call the Tommy Hicks prophecy. I remember when I was a new Christian, we had copies of it, and everybody, and your copy would get flimsy. You stuck it in your Bible, and the paper was frayed. Now you can go on the internet and get things. You don't have to stay with that one little piece of paper. But it gives a clear vision of what God has prepared for His people, the end time church. And what we are to look like. So as a foundation you need to know where you're going as a people of God. So I'm going to read this prophecy to you because it's, it is one that is, has been repeated over and over again. Uh, portions of it you'll hear as familiar because you've heard it in other places. But we need to know where we're going, folks. We don't need to be stumbling around. This is no time to be in darkness. This is no time to be blind. This is time to know what you're doing in God. Lock in with where you're supposed to be. Stay there and grow and allow God to use you because it's very important for the work that God wants us to do. So he says here, the following vision originally appeared, appeared in a book entitled Pertinent Prophecies 1 by John M. and Dorothea M. Gardner and was given by Tommy Hicks, a noted evangelist, in 1961. The Body of Christ and the End Time Ministries. My message begins July 25th, about 2.30 in the morning at Winnipeg, Canada. I had hardly fallen asleep when the vision and the revelation that God gave me came before. <clears throat> the vision came three times, exactly in detail, the morning of July 25, 1961. I was so stirred and moved by the revelation that this has changed my complete outlook upon the body of Christ and upon the end time ministries. The greatest thing that the church of Jesus Christ has ever been given lies straight ahead. It is so hard to help men and women to realize and understand the thing that God is trying to give his people in the end times. I received a letter several weeks ago from one of our native evangelists down in Africa, down in Nairobi. This man and his wife were on their way to Tanganyika. They could neither read nor could they write, but we had been supporting them for over two years. As they entered into the territory of Tanganyika, they came across a small village. The entire village was evacuating because of a plague that had hit the village. He came across natives that were weeping and he asked them what was wrong. They told him of their mother and father who had suddenly died and they had been dead for three days. They had to leave. They were afraid to go in. They were leaving them in the cottage. 
He turned and asked them where they were. They pointed to the hut and he asked them to go with him, but they refused. They were afraid to go. This, the native and his wife went to this little cottage and entered in where man and woman, where the man and woman had been dead for three days. He simply stretched forth his hand in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and spoke the man's name and the woman's name and said, In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command life to come back to your bodies. Instantaneously, these two heathen people who had never known Jesus Christ as their Savior sat up and immediately began to praise God. The spirit and power of God came into the, into the life of those people. To us that may be, seem strange and a phenomenon, but that is the beginning of these end-time ministries. God is going to take the do-nothings, the nobodies, the unheard-ofs, the no-accounts. He is going to take every man and every woman. He is going to give them this outpouring of the Spirit of God. In the book of Acts, we read that in the last days, God said, I would pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. I wonder if we realize what he meant when God said, I would pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. I do not think I fully realized, nor could I understand the fullness of it. And then I read from the book of Joel. Be glad thee, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain moderately and will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain, Joel 2.23. It is not only going to be the rain, but the former rain and the latter rain, but he is going to give to his people in these last days a double portion of the power of God. As the vision appeared to me after I was asleep, I suddenly found myself in a great high distance. Where I was, I do not know, but I was looking down upon the earth. Suddenly, the whole earth came into my view. Every nation, every kindred, every tongue came before my sight from the east and the west, from the north and the south. I recognized every country and many cities that I had been in, and I was almost in fear and trembling as I began, as I beheld the great sight before me. And at that moment, when the world came into view, it began to lightning and thunder. As the lightning flashed over the face of the earth, my eyes went downward and I was facing the north. Suddenly I beheld what looked like a great giant. As, and as, and as stared, and as, as I stared and looked at it, I was almost bewildered by the sight. It was so gigantic and so great. His feet seemed to reach to the North Pole and his head to the South. Its arms were stretched out from sea to sea. I could not even begin to understand whether this be a mountain or a giant, but as I watched, I suddenly beheld a great giant. I could see his head was struggling for life. He wanted to live, but his body was covered with debris from head to foot. And a time, and a time the great giant would move his body and act as though it would even raise up at times. And when it did, thousands of little creatures seemed to run away. Hideous creatures would run away from this giant, and when he would become calm, they would come back. 
all of a sudden this great giant lifted his hand toward heaven and then it lifted the other hand and when it did these creatures by the thousands seemed to flee away from this giant and go into the darkness of the night. Slowly this great giant began to rise and as he did his head and hands went into the clouds. As he rose to his feet, he seemed to have cleansed himself from the debris and filth that was upon him. And he began to raise his hands to the heaven as though praising the Lord. And as he raised his hands, they went even into the clouds. Suddenly, every cloud became silver, the most beautiful silver I've ever seen. As I watched the phenomenon, it was so great, I could not even begin to understand what it all meant. I was so stirred as I watched it, and I cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, what is the meaning of this? And I felt as if I was actually in the Spirit, and I could feel the presence of the Lord even as I was asleep. And from those clouds suddenly there came great drops of liquid light raining down upon uh, this mighty giant. And slowly, slowly the giant began to melt, began to sink itself into the very earth itself. And as he melted, his whole form seemed to have melted upon the face of the earth and the great rain began to come down. Liquid drops of light began to flood the very earth itself. And as I watched this giant that seemed to melt, suddenly it became millions of people over the face of the earth. As I beheld the sight before me, people stood up all over the world. They were lifting their hands and they were praising God. At that very moment, they came a great thunder that seemed to roar from the heavens. I turned my eyes toward the heavens and suddenly I saw a figure in white, in glistening white, the most glorious thing that I have ever seen in my entire life. I did not see the face, but somehow I knew it was the Lord Jesus Christ. And he stretched forth his hand, and as he did, he would stretch it forth to one, to another, and to another. And as he stretched forth his hand upon the nations, upon the people of the world, men and women, as he pointed toward them, the liquid light seemed to flow from his hands into them, and a mighty anointing of God came upon them, and those people began to go forth in the name of the Lord. I do not know how long I watched it. It seemed it went into days and weeks and months. As I beheld this Christ, as he continued to stretch forth his hand, but there was a tragedy. There were many people, as he stretched forth his hands, that refused the anointing of God and the call of God. I saw men and women that I knew. People that I felt would certainly receive the call of God. But as he stretched forth his hands toward this one and toward that one, they simply bowed their head and began to back away. And each of those that seemed to bow down and back away seemed to go into darkness. Blackness seemed to swallow them everywhere. I was bewildered as I watched it, but these people that he had anointed, hundreds and thousands of people all over the world, in Africa, England, Russia, China, America, all over the world, the anointing of God was upon these people as they went forward in the name of the Lord. I see these men and women as they went forth. They were ditch diggers. They were washerwomen. They were rich men. They were poor men. I saw people who were bound with paralysis and sickness and blindness and deafness. As the Lord stretched forth to give them his anointing, they became well, they began healed, and they went forth. 
And this is the miracle of it. This is the glorious miracle of it. Those people would stretch forth their hands exactly as the Lord did. And it seemed as if there was the same liquid fire in their hands. As they stretched forth their hands, they said, according to my word, be thou made whole. As these people continued in this mighty end time ministry, I did not fully realize what it was. And I looked to the Lord and said, what is the meaning of this? And he said, this is that which I will do in the last days. I will restore all that the canker worm, the palmer worm, the caterpillar. I will restore all that they have destroyed. These my people in the end times will go forth as a mighty army. Shall they sweep over the face of the earth? As I was at this great height, I could behold the whole world. I watched these people as they were going to and fro over the face of the earth. Suddenly there was a man in Africa, and in a moment he was transported by the Spirit of God, and he was perhaps in Russia or China or America or some other place and vice versa. All over the world these people went, and they came through fire, through pestilence, through famine. Neither fire nor persecution, nothing seemed to stop them. Angry moms came to them and swords with guns and like Jesus they passed through the multitudes and they could not find them but they went forth in the name of the Lord and everywhere they stretched forth their hands the sick were healed blind eyes were opened there was not a long prayer and after I viewed the vision many times in my mind and I thought about it many times I realized that I never saw a church I never saw or heard a denomination but these people were going in the name of the Lord. Lord of hosts. As they marched forth in everything they did as a ministry, the Christ of the end times, these people were ministering to multitudes over the face of the earth. Tens of thousands, even millions, seemed to come to the Lord Jesus Christ as these people stood forth and gave the message of the kingdom, of the coming kingdom in this last hour. It was so glorious, but it seems as though there were those that rebelled and they would become angry and they tried to attack those workers who were giving the message. God is going to give to the world a demonstration in this last hour as the world has never known. These men and women are of all walks of life. Degrees will mean nothing. I saw these workers as they were going over the face of the earth. When one would stumble and fall, another would come and pick him up. There was no big I, little you, but every mountain was brought low and every valley was exalted. And they seemed to have one thing in common. There was a divine love, a divine love that seemed to flow forth from these people as they worked together and as they lived together. It was the most glorious sight that I have ever known. Jesus Christ was the theme of their life. They continued and it seemed that days went by as I stood and beheld the sight. I can only cry and sometimes I laughed. It was so wonderful. And these people went through the face of the whole earth bringing forth bringing forth in this last end time. As I watched from the very heaven itself, there were times when great deluges of these liquid fire seemed to fall upon great congregations. And that congregation would lift up their hands and seemingly praise God for hours and even days as the Spirit of God came upon them. God said, I would pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and that is exactly this thing. And to every man and every woman that received this power and the anointing of God, the miracles of God, there was no ending to it. 
We have talked about miracles. We have talked about signs and wonders. But I could not help but weep as I read again this morning at 4 o'clock this morning the letter from our native workers. This is only the evidence of the beginning for one man, a do-nothing and unheard of, who would go and stretch forth his hand and say, In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command life to flow into your body. I dropped to my knees and began to pray again. And I said, Lord, I know that this thing is coming to pass. And I believe it's coming soon. And then again, as these people were going forth about the face of the earth, a great persecution seemed to come from every angle. Suddenly there was another great clap of thunder that seemed to resound around the world. And I heard again the voice, the voice that seemed to speak, Now this is my people, this is my beloved bride. And when the voice spoke, I looked upon the earth and I could see the lakes and the mountains. The graves were open and people from all over the world, the saints of all ages, seemed to be rising. And as they rose from the graves, suddenly all these people came from every direction, from the east in the west from the north and the south and they seem to be forming again this gigantic body as the dead in Christ seemed to be rising first I could hardly comprehend it it was so marvelous it was so far beyond anything I could ever dream of or think but as this body suddenly began to form and take shape again it took shape again in the form of this mighty giant but this time it was different it was arrayed in the most glorious white its garments were without spot or wrinkle as its body began to form and the people of all ages seemed to be gathered into this body and slowly slowly as it began to form up into the very heavenly suddenly from the heavens above the Lord Jesus Christ came and became the head and I heard another clap of thunder that said this is my beloved bride for whom I have waited she will come forth even tried by fire this is she that I have loved from the beginning of time yay us As I watched, my eyes suddenly turned to the far north and I saw seeming destruction. Men and women in anguish and crying out and buildings in destruction. Then I heard again the fourth voice that said, Now is my wrath being poured upon the whole face of the earth. From the ends of the whole world, the wrath of God seemed to be poured out and it seemed that there were great vials of God's wrath being poured out upon the face of the earth. I can remember it as though it happened moments ago. I shook and trembled as I beheld the awful sight of seeing cities and whole nations going down to destruction. I could hear the weeping and the wailing. I could hear people crying. They seemed to cry as they went into caves, but the caves and the mountains opened up. They leaped into water, but the water would not drown them. There was nothing that could destroy them. They were wanting to take their lives, but they could not. Then again I turned my eyes to this glorious sight, the body arrayed in beautiful white shining garments. Slowly, slowly it began to lift from the earth, and as it did I awoke. What a sight I had beheld. I had seen the end time ministries, the last hour. Again on July 27th at 2.30 in the morning, the same revelation, the same vision came again exactly as it did before. My life has been changed as I realize that we are living in that end time for all over the world God is anointing men and women with this ministry it will not be doctrine it will not be churchianity it is going to be Jesus Christ
They will give forth the word of the Lord and are going to say, I heard it so many times in the vision and according to my word it shall be done. O my people, listen to me. According to my word it shall be done. We are going to be clothed with power and anointing from God. We won't have to preach sermons. We won't have to have persons heckle us in public. We won't have to depend on man, nor will we be denominational echoes. We will have the power of the living God. We will fear no man, but will go in the name of the Lord of hosts. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your patience. I know it was long. That's why we don't read it too often. But I, I've read that and been guided by that vision over and over in my life and ministry, knowing that the church is not getting weaker, it's getting stronger. Amen. And I don't care what comes against us, there is great power and there is great anointing coming to the people of God to do the harvest. Because we want to do what God has told us and called us to do. But oftentimes we lack power, we lack opportunity, and God knows it. But he's preparing that for us. And all we have to do is continue to live for God, continue to lift up hands and worship God and praise God and thank God for, and for choosing us to be that people. Amen. We saw where the people who are are not well will be healed and will come forth healed and do the work of God. Amen. You don't have to be sick in order to minister for God. You, you can get yourself healed so that God can use you in a mighty way. He takes care of his own first. And so when we start sharing the things of God, understand that he knows the power that it takes to do what he wants you to do. He just wants to stay you to stay with him in your heart and be obedient to him and, and knowing that the greater power is yet to come. Knowing that the more is yet to come. We haven't seen the tip of the iceberg yet. It's going to be the former and the latter rain together. The people of God moving in great power. <clears throat> so in talking about the prosperity of the righteous, I began to write down some things that God began to share with me. Prosperity, as far as God is concerned, the same word we use for prosperity in the Bible is the same word he uses for peace. And in the Old Testament, it's the Hebrew word shalom. And that's more than just peace out, brother. Peace. But the peace of God really means to be happy or rested. It means to be at rest. It also means to be healed and to be made whole. God delights in the wholeness, the health, the soundness, the prosperity of his people. It also means to be safe. And it means to be safe not only in person, but in mind, body, and estate. So that means for your body to be sound, your mind to be sound, and your belongings to be intact. You got me? When you have the shalom of God, he takes care of everything, every area of your life. You don't have to make priority choices. I'd rather have this and not that. You can have it all as far as God is concerned. He wants you to have peace and be intact and safe in every area. 
That word shalom also means to restore, to make whole. You saw that, you see that in the scripture over and over again. Jesus asking people when they come to him, will you be made whole? In other words, he is saying, peace be unto you. Can I give you the shalom of God? It also means to make restitution. It means to end or to finish, to make good, and also to reward. Psalm 35, 27 tells us that God delights in the prosperity of his servants. When God's people prosper, the world is automatically a better place. Amen. When we, when we obtain his wholeness, his soundness, when you receive your health from God, when you receive your well-being from God, when you receive your inheritance from God, then that makes the world a better place because we are able to distribute as God says we should. So God is able to take care of people through our prayers, through our words, through our preaching, through our ministry, all of that when we prosper as God's people and we are made whole and we are intact and there's nothing missing, nothing broken, everything accounted for, then we have the strength to go forward and do what God tells us to do. One of the major strategies of the enemy is to attack the people of God in their bodies and in their finances. Once you can walk on and understand that those things are taken care of, and you don't have to wrestle the devil over them anymore, then you can go forth in power, amen, and you have something to share and give the rest of humanity. But God doesn't want you to stop at getting things for yourself. He wants you to move on and take care of his power. He heals you for a purpose, to make you whole and restore you, so then you can carry out the mandate of God to go into all the world in power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. God wants us to fulfill the ministry of Jesus as spoken of in Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. Hmm? Both of them. Just because you pray in tongues, that doesn't mean you have power. Keep praying in tongues, it'll come. Keep walking with God, it'll come. Keep studying your word and, and letting God work your heart. It will come. The power will come. You got me? So we have to understand the difference. We can have gifts, but we don't always have the power. We saw in this prophecy that God is going to himself anoint his church with his power. So if we'll stay in the place where God can prosper us. We can stay in the place of of worshiping God and and receiving his word, letting that word transform us, then we can walk out in God's power. Amen. That's what he wants to put on us. He's not stingy with his power. He wants to give it to us, but we have to qualify to carry that. And so if we'll stay with God. Like you saw that you we talked about that giant with all the debris on him. When the church can shake off the debris, huh? what the world says you ought to be doing, the intimidation of the boss that don't want you to pray for people on your lunch hour, read your Bible, we can shake that off 
and you can walk free of all of that stuff, then Jesus will gladly anoint you with power. But with the debris, you only get up a little bit and go back down again. Anybody ever been there? Amen. So you know that word is true. But God, if you will continue to respond to God and lift your hands to God and desire to help people, I can tell you that's one thing that will bring the healing anointing like nothing else is the desire to help people and the confidence that God is there to do it and he is going to use you. Amen. And if you will do that, then make yourself available to God, then he will make the power available to you. But you know, in this vision, we see this power being spread upon tons of people at one time. And so we have to have a body with the mindset that we are all going forward. We're not shrinking back. We're all going forward. So in Acts 10.38, it said, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. And so it will be God with us to release this power and this freedom to everybody that we touch. We'll release people so that they will have the freedom to worship God and have a real worship experience with God. We will see God demonstrate that he is with us through signs, wonders, and mighty deeds because people who know their God are powerful and do exploits. Amen. They'll do exploits. Many times we're trying to get people healed when all we have to do is make up our minds we're going to let God use us. (laughs) It's a big difference. If we'll just relax and let God use us, Amen. The power will eventually get to the person that's that's like if you're trying to work something up, it'll never work. But if you yield yourself to God and let him use you, the power will be there. So in prospering and God, when God's people prosper, we go about number one, doing good. Number two, we go about healing. You notice there's nothing about money in this scripture. Number three, we remove oppression. Number four, we advance God's kingdom here on earth until there is peace. Until there's a restoration of things to people who have things missing. We have the freedom to go about and do these things and set whole cities free. We retrieve our rightful dominion. As was given to us in the book of Genesis, in the first two chapters of the book of Genesis, we are going to retrieve our rightful dominion down here on earth. We will be fruitful. We will multiply. We will increase. We will subdue. And we will replenish because we again begin to walk with God. God will be with us in such a way that we will have prosperity follow us. To be fruitful, to increase, to see increase in others, to see the removal of oppression, to see people really get free so they can know the living God. We will have a greater respect for God and the gifts he has given us and the mandate he has given us. There will be no more taking gifts and using them for our own gain. But these gifts will be submitted to God 
there will be a great respect for the work of the ministry and a great respect for the gifts of God. When we prosper, we don't, we're not afraid of confrontation because we know when we confront, we conquer. Amen. What you confront, you conquer. So we won't be afraid of confrontation. We won't have a thought of compromise. But we'll think more about pleasing our God. The prosperous believer knows that his victory is assured. And that we we confront evil with God's word. We are only required to stand against the works of darkness and God will bring the victory. So we'll know that we can prophesy, declare, speak our peace, and let it go and wait for God to bring the increase. Amen. Deuteronomy 29.9, I'm going to go there because this is very important for us to, to understand how the prosperity of God's righteous works. Deuteronomy 29. Because joy and gladness and rejoicing are a big factor in this end time army. Hang on, that's not the one I wanted. I can't find it. It's a scripture that says that the children of Israel received sickness because they did not serve the Lord with joy and gladness. So this aspect of joy and gladness in your heart in the service of the Lord is very important. It will keep you healthy. It will keep you well. It will keep you sound. It will keep you in the shalom and the peace of God. But joy and gladness and serving must be a part of Do you find it, Shannon? Deuteronomy 28, 27, 47, like I said. <laughs> because you, and he says, and they shall come upon you for a sign. Sorry. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue you and overtake you till you be destroyed because you did not hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. And verse 46, they shall be upon you for a sign and for a wonder upon your seed forever, because you did not serve the Lord with joyfulness and gladness of heart for the abundance of things that he has given you. And so God will have in the end time a joyful people, a thankful person, a people, a people who rejoice and serve him with joy and gladness, not begrudging and not for filthy lucre. But of a ready mind. Amen. He will have that purity among his people. Nehemiah 22.20 reminds us that the God of heaven, he will prosper you. So the Lord is your portion and he is your prosperity in all things. Having God is more than enough and the people of God will know that and live that out every day. We'll live in the confidence and the assurance that having God is everything and it's more than enough. 
further signs of the prosperity of the righteous. How do we know as a righteous people that we've hit the mark and we're prospering in God? One of the things that will happen, and and I see it happening some, is what I call the Jonah effect. And that is God moving in suddenlies and reversing the course when a person thought they knew where they were going. God will work in such a way that people who are determined to go against God's will will find themselves suddenly turned around and in the will of God. Just because he is God. So we'll start to see the sovereignty of God to move in the hearts of people to straighten the course of people because he knows them. And he knows what he wants them to do and he's not going to let them miss it. And so we'll see God move on his own. Amen. To straighten these crooked places out. To make them straight. You will suddenly find yourself caught up in a place where God wants you to be and you don't even know how you got there. And so to me that's the Jonah effect. Where God will take care of the things that need to be taken care of. We'll receive greater power in God to end oppression and will and sin and rebellion and we'll begin to respect God more because of the great power that he demonstrates on us. Amen. On us. So God's people will be aware when they are out of order and will make decisions based on full disclosure of God's holiness. You'll begin to see the righteous God take care of his children. You'll begin to see the father as your disciplinarian and not just your babysitter who gives you candy all the time. So you'll see God discipline his body and get them in order because he knows your heart is toward him, but sometimes the mind is a vast wasteland. So he's going to take care of that rebellion in the person's mind. Yeah. When people experience this, many of them will repent and come back from selfishness, pride, rebellion, covetousness, and false ministry. So you'll see a lot of people just abandon where you saw a ministry that looked like it was going everywhere. Suddenly it just drops out of nowhere. It's abandoned because people have been straightened out in their hearts and minds by God. We'll experience uh, uh, times in God where we'll see all things accomplished. And that is a completion of visions with attention to detail. Say, for instance, um, like, like God, we will know God loves us. He'll demonstrate his great love for us that even the small things are given attention. Like even the, the, you know, like some people will say stuff like, boy, this dinner is good, but I wish I had some. Well, that's God's going to take care of even that. Where we'll see the small things are even taken care of. Because he reads the desires of our hearts. We'll see the extravagance of God. We'll see how much he wants to pour out to us and make things complete and whole. I had an experience, uh, it wasn't this week, but the week before, <clears throat> as I was preparing for the conference. And I was um, preparing a midweek teaching that I do. I send it out by email and I send it um, uh, through Facebook And I was just looking for the scripture to send out for the midweek encouragement. 
And I found Isaiah 55:11, and that was was a, a scripture that helped me through a very dark time. That was a scripture that signified my healing, getting off medication, being totally free from a nervous breakdown. And God gave me that again. And he said, tell my people that my word is on a mission and that mission will be accomplished. So I was so glad for the word, but while I was going through, you know, sending the email out, I saw, went on Facebook and saw Kelly Cruz, who will be our speaker in a couple of nights. I saw her on there inviting people to tune in to a program she was going to be on on Impact TV here in Detroit with Bishop Wayne Jackson. And I thought, well, I'm up for a change. I'm not usually awake at that hour, but I thought, oh, God, an hour or so, I'll tune in. And I tuned in and Bishop Wayne had a word of knowledge about somebody who was being healed. Their knee was being healed. And I listened to it and I said, that's me. You know, like out of nowhere, that's me. The suddenlies of God where he will straighten these things out for you. And so I thought, I said, well, I better call in and tell somebody. I was just like, you know, like, like a real spectator on there. You're like a real person who calls in, you know. And so I called in and I shared it with the, the girl and I was rattling off, you know, very excited. I talk more when, I, when I'm excited, I'm really messed up. And so I talked to her and she understood my excited ease that I was speaking. And so she said, well, I want you to, to share that with Bishop. And I said, okay, I'll share it with Bishop. So I got on the phone and I talked to him and I talked to Kelly and I was ah oh, yada 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 you know and and uh, wasted some of their time but I just that was my time I was on there to give my testimony and so uh, as I shared my testimony I told him I said you know I made up my mind I said I was being healed as I went and I made a decision I said Lord I'm tired of wenting I want to be healed now for real I went it long enough let me have it. He used the same scripture he used to heal me almost 30 years ago now. And so it brought me back to that time where I just totally trusted and depended on God. You know, before I got around other Christians and wisdom sets in, you know, that kind of stuff. Where we give a part of God for, you know. And so it was just so refreshing to be just in that place where I was trusting in God. And so as I was leaving my information and, and they were raising money, so I told her, I said, well, I want to make my donation. I, you know, I decided to do it online, et cetera, et cetera. And so they called me again and asked me to call in again on the program another day and share the testimony. And when I did that, there was a woman on there who had just written a book. And we were looking for a couple of more authors for our workshop tomorrow morning. And so I was listening to her talk about this book. I said, mm, that sounds good. I'm going to go get that book. And, see. and sure enough, I called and she was so gracious and so sweet. And she said, I would love to come over and tell people about my book. And so I got my healing. I got to share my testimony. I got to sow seed into the man of God's ministry. And I got the speaker that I was looking for all in one Shot. So God takes care of everything, even to the smallest detail. The things I wasn't looking for were so we're going to have that sense when we are prospering, when the righteous prosper, there is a sense of all things being accomplished. Everything. You're not going to have to take a partial 
anything. You're not going to have to take a partial raise or a partial increase or a partial promotion or a partial payment or a partial anything. All things will be accomplished for you and laid right there for you to receive them. Amen. And so God even gives attention to the small things. There is now a changing of spiritual authority over regions, territories, and cities. That's allowing God to work in a complete way. So it's not just an opening where you can get a little trickle in and then the devil comes and slaps you and slams it down. But there's a total opening now where there's a changing of spiritual authority because the devil's running scared because he's running out of time and people of God are coming wise to him and they're wising up and receiving the power that God wants them to have. So this is going to allow God to work in a more complete way. It's going to allow our faith to be sustained over a greater period of time. You know how you used to be able to believe God and then doubt would creep in and you go follow doubt for about three months until you slap yourself and tell yourself it's time to get back. Well, that won't happen no more. There will be, an, there will be a, a, an atmosphere in your heart and in your mind that insulates you from the doubt that causes you to waste time and, and make mistakes and drift off into something foolish. So there will be a sense that there is a completeness coming where you'll be able to hold on to your faith and stay in faith for a much longer period of time than you've ever been able to before. Because God's going to do that. So the changing of spiritual authority over regions, territories, and cities. Number four, there'll be a strong sense that God is with us and we are empowered and fearless. And it's not talk and hype, but it's real this time. Is going to be the real thing that you carry with you at all times. There will be the evidence as believers move in power and God confirms our words with signs following. There will be greater opportunity to minister to people one on one in the name of the Lord. Just touching people for God. I mean, one-on-one. I'm not talking about an audience and a platform. So if that's what you want, this is not that. Okay? This is the real thing. Okay, It's not going to be talk and hype, but it's going to be the real thing where we touch God in power to help humanity, not us. This will be true prosperity that is born out of faith and respect and honor for God. The bride will be adorned in his finest, not the world's best, but his finest. This will not be a material-based prosperity, but a richness in the spirit. God wants you to know, as his bride, that right now you have more than you know. Right now you can do more than you think. And right now you are more loved than you realize. When prosperity hits us in the full, the impact will be a bride without spot, who is not swayed, but she knows in her heart what her dress should look like and what the Lord has prepared for her. And she says yes to the dress without outside pressure, but with a pure heart. She'll know who she is and what she's entitled to. 
You know, God showed me something when we were in worship this this evening. It was it was God suddenly stripping us of the pretense that we walk around in most of the time. <clears throat> you all know what I mean. It's, as Christians. And stripping us of the oppression that the enemy has put on us. And in in I saw a person picking up a Bible and and looking at the word as though they were seeing themselves for the very first time. And they were so amazed. They said, is that what I look like? I never thought I'd look that good. You see, because we walk around sometimes in this this mindset of not measuring up and wishing we could be like Reverend so-and-so, not measuring up and wishing we could have what so-and-so has, all of this. And suddenly God's going to strip that off and you look in the Word and you say, I look so good, I never thought I'd look God, I'm so satisfied with myself. There will be a self-satisfaction that comes with understanding the finished work and what it's done in you. Not talking hype, but it'll be the real thing. And there will, will, the last thing is there will be the sound of rejoicing throughout the land. That the people of God are finally free of the enemy's entrapments. Finally free of the devil's deception. Finally free of falseness, false plans, false everything. Things that the world has put on us and told us this is what Christians are supposed to be like. We'll be free of that nonsense. And we'll be free to serve the living God in all of his glory and to receive his glory. And that, folks, is going to cause a great rejoicing in the people of God. We are going to be so free, we're going to scare ourselves. We're going to be so free, we're not going to think about a workplace conflict or what we could lose or what the devil's told us we can't do or what what somebody has told us we should fear or what should we respect and what we shouldn't do. We're not going to be afraid of our words that get picked up by somebody and told to somebody and we get persecuted for it. We're going to be a free people, a free and unafraid. And we're going to declare God's goodness, his mercy, his forgiveness, and let people know that there is hope in God. And we'll do it unashamed, unafraid, knowing who we are, and knowing that God cannot fail. Amen. There will be true hope, because there will be hope in God. Not hope in a politician, not hope in a program, hope in a policy, hope in anything, but there will be hope in God. It will be true hope, and we can, we can tell it to people, and we can expect God to come for his words, because we believe him totally, and we're not ashamed, and we're not afraid of what God has done for us. So if you want to be those people, we're going to stand to our feet and worship God. We're going to bless God. We're going to thank God for releasing us into this. Bishop Russell, you want to come up and you can take us out on some rejoicing music or whatever you think is what God is putting on your heart. Because I know that God wants to do this, folks. I know he's in most of us have been waiting for the more. You know, what we've had is certainly not enough. 
And we're not going to be bored and go and run off and follow something else. But we're going to, to rejoice in God. We're going to stay with God. We're going to put him first even more. Because he's so wonderful and he loves us so much. He has great things in store for us, folks. He has great things for us right now. There's no waiting for this. We can step into it whenever we desire to get get in, in the presence of God. Well, go ahead. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Praise God. Just lift your hands to heaven. Amen. Sorry about that. I talked too much. Go ahead. Whatever you have. Yeah. No, it's up to you. Because I'm just hearing this. Uh, That's good. Glory and honor. Praise. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Nobody's greater, nobody's greater, greater than our God. Nobody's greater, nobody's greater, nobody's greater, greater than our God. Nobody's greater, nobody's greater, nobody's greater, greater than our God. Nobody's greater, nobody's greater, nobody's greater. Greater than our God, nobody's greater. Come on, 
Nobody's greater. Nobody's greater. Greater than our God. Nobody's greater. Nobody's greater. Nobody's greater. Greater than our God. Nobody's greater. Nobody's greater. Nobody's greater. Greater than our God. Nobody's greater. Nobody's greater. Nobody's greater. Greater than our God. Nobody's greater. Nobody's greater. Nobody's greater. Greater than our God. Nobody's greater. Nobody's greater. Nobody's greater. Greater than our God. Greater than our God. Greater than our God. Greater than our God. Lots to look forward to, don't we? So don't be discouraged. Rejoice and be glad because your God is a conquering God and he reigns. Amen? Amen. All right. Tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock, meet the...